This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, February 21st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. House bill introduced to cut red tape on USDA conservation programs. Rice sector gets the ear of the Trump administration. USDA report shows America lost farmers due to low commodity prices. Former Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt was sworn in on Friday for his new job running the Environmental Protection Agency. Pruitt was criticized heavily for his past opposition to the renewable fuel standard, but he is also expected to spearhead efforts to cut away government regulations on America's farmers and ranchers. Farm groups like the National Cotton Council lauded the 52-46 to vote in the Senate on Friday to approve Pruitt. National Cotton Council Chairman Ronnie Lee said after Pruitt was sworn in, we hope that President Trump and Administrator Pruitt act on the president's campaign promises regarding certain regulations and ensure the agency is making decisions based on sound, peer-reviewed science rather than based on public opinions. But it's not just farm groups that are expecting big things from Pruitt. House Agriculture Committee Chairman Mike Cottaway fired off a statement Friday night saying, For too long, farmers and ranchers have suffered from unnecessary burdensome regulations as a result of EPA overreach. Administrator Pruitt understands that farmers and ranchers are the original and best stewards of the land, and I look forward to working with him to provide much-needed regulatory relief for rural America. House bill introduced to cut red tape on USDA conservation programs. Arkansas Representative Rick Crawford and New Hampshire Representative Ann McLean Cooster say they want to make it easier for some farms to participate in government conservation programs. The two lawmakers introduced a red tape cutting bill last week called the Improving Access to Farm Conservation Act. Farmers across the country use cost-share programs to help pay for conservation measures, but there's added bureaucracy and regulation for producers who have registered as business entities. The bill, authored by Cooster and Crawford, would remove those additional burdens. Crawford said in a statement, If we want more producers to engage in conservation efforts, we've got to make sure that it makes financial sense for them to do so. Rice sector gets the ear of the Trump administration. America's rice farmers descended on Capitol Hill last week during the USA Rice Federation's Government Affairs Conference. But many of the southern producers also got an audience with Trump administration officials in the White House and government agencies. Carl Brothers, chairman of the USA Rice International Trade Policy Committee and COO of Riceline Foods, said trade was a hot topic and producers were eager to talk about the importance of the North American Free Trade Agreement. Mexico is the largest foreign market for U.S. rice, and Trump's demands to renegotiate the pact or pull the U.S. out is a common concern for farmers. Brother said, we were very clear that NAFTA works for the rice industry and any improvements to this nearly 20-year-old trade deal can't come at our expense. Looking forward, many heavy hitters in the global rice business like India are over-subsidizing their rice producers, which means U.S. growers and exporters have to compete with surplus production on the world market. The U.S. government needs to enforce existing trade agreements. 
USDA report shows America lost farmers due to low commodity prices. About 1,400 farms went out of business from 2015 through 2016. That according to a survey just released by the USDA's National Agriculture Statistics Service. Joe Parsons, a NAS analyst, blamed low commodity prices for the shuttering of farms in all size categories except one. The number of medium-sized farms with yearly sales valued at 250000 to 499999 in the U.S. increased by 4000 but there were losses in all of the other categories. Small farms with $1,000 to $9,999 in sales make up the largest number of producers. About 5,000 of those 1.03 million smaller operations shut down last year, according to the report. About 2,000 of the largest farms with $1 million or more in sales also shut down last year. 22 U.S. establishments cleared to export beef to Brazil. In August of last year, USDA announced that Brazil had lifted its 13-year ban on U.S. beef. The country, which is itself home to a major beef sector, is expected to be a big market for U.S. exports, and now a long list of producers has been cleared to begin making shipments. A Swift facility in Texas, a Creekstone Farms facility in Kansas, and a Tyson facility in Nebraska are just a few of the operations that have been given the final green light to begin exporting to Brazil, that according to an announcement from the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service. Back in August, then USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack predicted Brazil would be a strong market. He said at the time, the Brazilian market offers excellent long-term potential for U.S. beef exporters. The United States looks forward to providing Brazil's 200 million-plus consumers and growing middle class with high-quality American beef and beef products. Mexico getting pricklier about U.S. Christmas trees. Mexico hasn't been so jolly lately when it comes to buying U.S. Christmas trees. U.S. sales of the trees to Mexico are on the decline, and trade is expected to tighten even further as the country increases inspections and considers new phytosanitary restrictions on sales. Mexico imported just 709,336 Christmas trees from the U.S. last year. That's a 27% drop from purchases in 2015, and trade is expected to fall even further this year, that according to a new report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Mexican inspectors are finding more and more pests in the trees that come mostly from Oregon, and this year the country has added more types of pests to the list used to justify blocking entry. Last year, Mexican officials rejected about 31,000 trees. The year before, just 18,000 trees were turned away at the border. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, February 21st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.